This is Jed McKay, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 241, and you're with your high priest, Conchu Ray. Hello. And uh, we've got a special one for you for this idle chat. It is our chorus of ordination. <laughs> That's our special chat with Jed McKay returning onto the show to, uh, to, I guess, join in with our discussions of... Um, how I guess the current series of Moon Knight is going. Uh, we're three issues in, and it, uh, we're just very fortunate to have Jed back to to be able to, to chat about all the things that he's revealed and how the story has unfolded so far. So, uh, before we get into any of that, of course, a big thank you to our gracious patronies, those listed as co-producers and executive executive producers on each of the episodes. Uh, so, a big thanks to the likes of Daniel, Drew, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, and Michael, and we have our top sponsors. Uh, first off, uh, Dreamland Comics from Illinois, the superhero superstore. Uh, also, Fringe Night by Daniel Doing, an original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero. And finally, Drew Toomes, one of our top tier patronies. He's got music produced and created both on SoundCloud and Lurk Music uh, under the moniker Toomes and on Bandcamp as uh, Lurk Music, definitely worth checking out. Right, so Lenny's, look, I'm not going to linger too much longer. I'm going to throw it to the the chat. There's also a couple of loonies there who I introduced. So I'll leave that to the cockier pre-pre-recorded Ray, uh, who features in the chat with, with Jed and the couple of loonies who I'm sure you will recognize. Anyway, loonies, enjoy this. And uh, I'll, I'll catch you on the other other side of this um, this chat. All right. Well, yes. Welcome back, Looney listeners. Welcome to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast, episode two hundred and forty-one. On the other side of that break, there you heard some rambling, Ray. I, I would just forget him. All the all the action is happening now. In this is past Ray. Um, because I'm doing this before I've actually recorded the other bit. Uh, I've got actually two cool loonies with us. Noel, Noel Looney Tunes. Tate, Noel, how are you going? I'm good. I'm pretty cool. Excellent. You are pretty cool. And and Russell, uh, Jack Russell. Give me a keg of beer. Moran, how are you, sir? I'm good. Uh, just we have Zinmu here with us. Too, Excellent. So we, we have a, and a Testament uh, T-shirt. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and joining, as I'm sure you guys, listeners would have seen on the tin, uh, we have returning back Jed McKay. So Jed, a a big welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, talk about comic books, specifically our uh, our ill-fated friend Mark Spector. Yes. Ooh. I, I thought this was a Doctor Strange podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if it is, I've got some bad news for you about Doctor Strange. <laughs> oh, yes, actually, that's right. That's right. Um, well, I've got to tick off the list as well. Look, uh, make Jed download Skype. So that's one. I've got that off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, opening up, Jed, uh, 
with this chat. Basically, we had you on previously prior to the release of the series. And for all intents, I've got to say, well, within our community, at least, it's it's going great guns. Like, Thank you so much. Um, it, it's been receiving largely positive, mainly all positive uh, feedback from everyone within the IT Hack community, the, the, the Facebook group, um, on, on Twitter and on our fan page as well. Uh, so... I'd just like to open up as well. I mean, did do you do you keep a finger on the pulse with that? Do you kind of like check in? I, I know, uh, you know, sales and stuff, um, and and the successes of that are are released. But do you kind of like touch base with how it's going with with readers and fans? Uh, I mean, to a certain extent. Um, like, I'm always I'll read any any reviews that I get tagged in, for instance, um, mainly because I want to make sure that they're all right to you know retweet. Um, I don't want to like, you know, retweet a review that says it's like, oh, you know, this is a great story, but like, you know, the art was dog shit or something. I'm like, oh no. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Or, you know, vice versa. Um, Do you read those reviews? I mean, I read the ones I'm tagged in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, uh, if I'm not tagged in something, I generally don't read it because more or less, I just don't want my feelings to get hurt. Uh, right. Um, other than that, it's largely just stuff that people will bring to my attention. <clears throat> uh, I generally don't go, you know, searching my name on Twitter or like searching, um, searching for you know Moon Knight number three or something, just because I, I, it's not if it's not something that I'm I've been invited into, I'm not really that interested in you know getting into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that is not really something you want to do as a creator. I think there needs to be a certain amount of division between fan spaces and sort of creator uh, input there. So from what I've seen, people seem to like the book, but also I don't want to go digging too deep because then you start digging yourself a weird hole where uh, you're kind of looking for someone to say something bad about you. (laughs) It seems like social media is really a, a double-edged sword for creators because, you know, on one hand, you want to promote your book as much as possible and you want to see that feedback. But then you have the, you know, the trolls and the people that are just trying to be mean out there. And uh, it's it's kind of, you know, it's, it's an ebb and flow, I would say. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's one of those things that you just kind of have to find your own balance with as a creator, like the, the way I approach it and the way, you know, the kind of rules I've set out for myself are going to be different than those that someone else has. And that's, you know, that's fine. Everyone's going to approach their social media in a different way. So it's, for me, it's just more about finding, finding an approach that works best for me in, you know, test, you know, getting, getting a sense of, you know, what temperature the water's at without driving myself totally bonkers with it so you know i'll go go on the the comic book roundup and you know look at the just the the ratings to kind of see how things are doing uh in general uh and then you know if it's too low i will disagree with it and uh have (laughs) have, a bit of a sob Um, yeah uh, i'm not gonna i'm certainly not gonna go like oh you, you wrote a bad review about my book you're you're wrong like you know like Look what this, you know, jerk is saying about uh, this book that I wrote. It's just like it's it's 
hugely diminishing returns with that kind of stuff. It's better to just kind of stay above it and do the work. I mean, ultimately, none of that really matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, capitalism that says the has the largest voice in the room, I suppose. I mean, realistically, yes. Like, because I don't, as far as I know, editors aren't reading these reviews. Um, oh, you don't think Tom is digging through every single little <laughs> tweet that's sent about Moon Knight? Tom's got, uh, he's got anime intros from the 80s to retweet. And he's, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I mean, ultimately, if my work is, you know, if the editors are happy with it, if, you know, Marvel's happy with the way it's selling, and, you know, people who want to get in touch and they say, hey, you know, I, I like this book a lot. I'm generally happy. Mm-hmm. My larger, I mean, my large concern is be making a misstep, um, you know, that would, you know, hurt for, you know, people in marginalized communities. And that's the kind of thing I need brought to my attention, something that I do. Um, as far as saying, uh, I don't, I think Moon Knight should cut more people's faces off. I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a co- I have a question about that later too, actually. But yeah. um, the well, obviously the sales are. I mean, I don't know. It was a not as exact, not a totally reputable website that had said it, but that a lot of people followed said that you're outselling TMNT and uh, the distinguished <laughs> competitions version of Moon Knight. Yes. So yeah, at DC's Moon Knight. Uh, yeah, yes. excellent. excellent. So that that must feel pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's if if those numbers I, are true, which I'm I, assuming they probably are. Yeah, uh, there's like they're probably true to a certain extent. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, like it's it's been selling very well. First issue went to third printing. Second and third both went to second printing. Yeah, when is the the third printing of the first issue come out? That's a very good question. <laughs> I've heard time keeping track when the first printings come out. Uh, yeah, exactly. Subsequent printings, uh, I, I, they just kind of come out. But I think I think number three, part of that was fueled. I think there's a bit of a speculation as to that being Hunter's Moon's first appearance when I think people were surprised slash annoyed, and then he actually turned up in number one first. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen on well, eBay. Uh, sorry, I was just say there was some big, uh, big prices I've seen on eBay for, for Hunter's Moon's first appearance, number three. Um, <laughs> any any loony would kind of like go, oh, okay, well, anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, so you were talking about, you know, not really paying too much attention with, I guess, the reactions from fans and stuff, which is good because, I mean, when we spoke last time, um, you had this idea of where you wanted to take Moon Knight and... And to be fair, look, I guess any creator wouldn't want to be swayed too much by external influences. So, I mean, you've paved that um, that way with the first three issues, and there are so many great um, new aspects now to Moon Knight, which uh, has a lot of the Moon Knight fans kind of really latching onto and really excited about. Um, you know, despite the fact you could say as well that there, there's an absence of some of the, um, again, we spoke about this as well, an absence of some of the um, the general, um, the regular uh, support cast. So um, I guess I'll open it up with uh, Noel or, or Russell. I know you guys both had questions about Hunter's Moon. I mean, there are so many new things like that, about uh, also about the Midnight Mission, the support cast um, for Moon Knight, uh, stuff like... Um, you know, this big bad guy. Um, also, we'll get to it. Maybe Russell talk about the sarcophagus. I mean, we, we're all, there's oh a lot boy. of speculations about that empty sarcophagus in the, in the mindscape um, from issue two. 
So, uh, yeah, um, either of you guys, do you want to jump in with any question about Hunter's Moon, Russell? Well, uh, first off, I just want to say that I loved Hunter's Moon the minute I saw him. Uh, I'm, I'm a big villain guy. I, I kind of do a whole show about villains. So, uh, when they, when the villain is immediately aesthetically pleasing, it's always a good start. Um, yeah, but I was, there. I was, uh, I was just wondering if, if you knew that Hunter's Moon has a, a kind of a unofficial theme song now. I think someone brought that to my attention. It was a, it was a ghost track. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I haven't uh, haven't got around to listening to it yet, but that's it's. I think that was on my list today while I was working. But um, yeah, it's nice to it's it's a nice bit of synchronicity, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and with I, I guess the big thing with Hunter's Moon is this new aspect of there being two fists, which you know why not? Of course, it makes kind of sense. Um, something that really has never been touched upon before as well. Uh, there are also harkbacks to well references to say the fist of Conchu. I mean, I love Hunter's Moon's um, aesthetic. He's got a lot of the I call it the gold bling, similar to, to Moon Knight yeah. from Fist of Conchu. Uh, by the way, Jed loved your your original sketch of Hunter. I was Moon. just going to say I almost, <laughs> I almost prefer that. Yeah, exactly. Sketch. Exactly. That was, uh, yeah, that, that was rough. I was like, man, I was, I was like, I'll do a little sketch, <laughs> yeah. get my ideas across, and I was drawing it, you know, a pen too. It's like, man, I remember being a lot better at this. <laughs> you know, there there was a big uh, there was a big um, wager going on in uh, the. ITK Discord about whether Hunter's Moon was going to be a werewolf or not. Yeah. <laughs> it's a valid guess. I mean, yeah. Kanchu, uh, Kanchu had a whole crew of werewolves back uh, in the age of Kanchu, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. That does that prop up in uh, some of the other uh, listener questions. Um, but also, I, I guess the, the fact as well in issue three, where we come up to where we, we are now, uh, this... I guess reveal that there's a, a legacy, a, a chorus of ordination, which again kind of piqued a lot of interest uh, with Hunter's Moon. He reveals to Moon Knight that he should have received this thing where you basically gain all all the knowledge and, and skill from previous Moon Knights, uh, and Hunter's Moon has it. Um, but I really love the difference that you've you've made for for Mark Spector and the fact that he's kind of like you're rough. He, literally, he always is this rough outsider. And so he yeah. hasn't been given that. Um, Conchie's given him brain damage, as he calls it, and uh, and he he fights like an animal. So um, I, I like that point of difference with with Mark. Um, were there any? Are there any ideas? I mean, now we've got the other fist of Conchie. Uh We had the age of Conchu with Jason Aaron showing the legacy, and, and Bemis showing the legacy of Moon Knight characters. Does that mean there's a a legacy of a fist of conchu, uh, the other fists of conchus as well. Uh, I mean, it's something that maybe we'll get into a little more down the line. My sort of direction, you know, when it came to that, is to try to create two characters who essentially have the same job, but approach it in a very different way and with very different tools. Um, <clears throat> you know, Mark Spector is a character who, for you know, maybe he didn't necessarily start out this way, but it's kind of what people know him best is he's a guy who is, for one reason or another, you're not, again, not strictly related to uh, mental illness or his, you know, his uh, DID, but he's a character who is 
kind of always on the back foot. He's, you know, as you say, he's an outsider. And I really like the idea that even him being Moon Knight, there's something broken in that. Mm. And, but also with Mark Spector, his greatest strength isn't that, you know, he's has superpowers or he has great training or anything like that. His whole thing is that he will always take the hit. Like it doesn't matter what it'll do to him in order to do what he has to do. He will take the hit, whether that's, you know, in, I think it was in the Houston run taskmaster said like, I don't like fighting this guy because he doesn't dodge. He'd rather get hit. And that's something I found really interesting. And in the same respect, you have, you know, Mark as a character who is trying to get his head together. He's trying to forge new identity or find out, you know, who he is. But he's trying to do that while at the same time engaging in a world of horrific violence and the like psychic trauma that, you know, puts him through. But again, you know, he, he will always take the hit. Whereas Hunter's Moon is, you know, he's much newer in this position as the uh, the fist of Conchu, but he's also given greater tools. So we have sort of, and again, he is, you know, he's a an, an more orthodox follower of Conchu, whereas Mark is, uh, you know, a reform uh, follower of Conchu at this point in time. So, you know, it's uh, it's like. Uh, was was the saying? You know, you got all the gear, but no idea. Where uh, <laughs> yeah. Hunter's Moon is on paper much better equipped to, you know, win in a scuff than Mark is. But again, Mark will always take that hit, and he'll always keep going because he will power through basically anything that happens to him, regardless of consequences to himself, to his, you know, to his psyche, to the people around him. This sounds like it was part of your pitch. Uh, it wasn't actually, but it is something I've been thinking about recently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it sounds like, yeah, I can tell it's been on, been on your mind about who Mark kind of is with that. Um, speaking of that, I mean, have you have you mapped out much further with Tom, and have you got any pushback from him or any ideas? Um, yeah, um, past well, this, like, because I feel like uh, Hunter's Moon came, dropped pretty quickly. I mean, issue in issue one and full appearance in issue three and getting his ass kicked in issue three um he's obviously coming back i'm i mean i don't want you to spoil anything but but it seems to us at least like there's no way that this character is kind of almost one-off it's gotta something's gotta be happening there he's moved back to egypt he's uh he's still in town (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. but i mean it's basically the reality of working in these kind of like you know big uh, big corporate IPs, but also ones that aren't super huge. Because mm-hmm. if you're writing something like Avengers, if you're writing something like X-Men, you can kind of take the time to slow burn things a little bit more. Right. Or, because, you know, they're not going to cancel X-Men. They're not going to cancel Amazing Spider-Man. They will cancel Moon Knight if it doesn't sell. Mm-hmm. When you get in, when you... Cause I mean, I generally work with properties that are, you know, they're not top of the top of the pops. And there is always that threat of cancellation. So, in order to get things done, you got to kind of got to move fairly quickly. Right. So, got, got hundreds of women in there, and then we're just we're keeping keeping it going. So, like, we'll we'll we're approved up to twelve issues. Nice. It's looking good that we'll get an extension further out, given how well the first three issues have been selling. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, excuse me, I have an ingestion here. Do it. Yeah. That's a, a very uh, 
poorly chosen Mackeys for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the thing is you got to just basically ramp your momentum up and just get things going as fast as possible in order to get well, all. Are editors asking you questions about your plans at least? I mean, are they saying like, obviously you're up, up to 12, you could burn through that pretty quickly. Um, and if you're thinking that you, you're probably going to get an extension is, is someone like, Tom Braveheart saying like, well, do you, what, what are your ideas after 12? I mean, he, he, he will, I think probably fairly shortly. He's like, well, your head's a little off the chopping block right now. We'll see how long we can take this moon night thing. Tom, Tom is pretty, uh, he, he believes in being, you know, fairly lasted fair. He believes in like letting creators sort of chart their own course until they start going off. Course, in which case, right. you know, yeah, he seems pretty up. chill. Yeah, no, it's it's been great working with Tom. Is um, I first worked with him on uh, Avengers Mech Strike, and uh, I was kind of terrified because I never worked with him before. Mm-hmm. And you know, Tom's like a guy who sugarcoats things. So he's like, "This doesn't work," or like, "This is a bad idea," or "This isn't going to work." And I was like, "Man, that will that will destroy me." But, uh, <laughs> but it's been great. We've had uh, you know, his input is things he's generally always right, <laughs> like. You know, I had stuff in my first Moon Knight pitch. It's like, no, this isn't going to work. We maybe, you know, direct it in this way. I'm like, yeah, that's actually much better. Um, what were those things? What's that? <laughs> those things, things that you might bring back um, your initial pitch? Or was he like, this is insane. Stop it. Well, <laughs> since what my first idea was, um, you know, regarding Hunter's Moon, mm-hmm. was that there would be, you know, Fist of Conchu all over the world. And mm-hmm. that they pissed off at Mark and all. Because so I was like, oh, you know, it'd be fun Moon to do... Moon Knight Initiative? Well, I, I was like, it'd be fun to do the International League of Batman, but with Moon Knight. He's like, that's not going to work. It's dumb. He's like, just have one of them. And I was like, wait, yeah, there's, there's two fists. And mm, uh, that's Moon oh. in this like left and right hand of Conchu, which is like so much, it's such a stronger idea mm. than like, you know, having a you know a Greek fist of conchu and like having a you know Hunter's Moon was one of them. I think I just called him batter at that point in time. Was he uh, was Hunter's Moon always set out to be that character of like the the type that batter is, i.e. a doctor? Because I really again the comparisons between um, I think Rebecca brought this up um, uh, the comparisons of Doctor Batter, the left fist of conchu, being a doctor. And Mark essentially being a patient, I, I, you know, I love the the actual contrast between the two. He's actually trying to fix Mark, uh, the same as I guess Doctor Sturman is trying to fix, you know, in, in that in that sense. Um, trying to help. Trying to help. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. But uh, Hunter's Moon, I want to correct him, and he does it in a very, I guess, a very harsh way. But uh, yeah, no, very interesting. I think Parvis, I like the idea of. Dr. Batter, in part because he is also establishing himself in Moon Knight's na- neighborhood as someone to go to for help, but in a strictly, you know, physical sense, because he, he runs a free clinic. Mm-hmm. So he's not a gangster. He's not a villain. He's a guy who's out there in the community doing good work. But from Mark's perspective, he's also an asshole uh, <laughs> who wants to beat him up and, uh, you know, kill his vampire friends. Um, but yeah, like that's, I just thought it was an, an interesting contrast and, you know, part, you know, 
And it's in, in part because, uh, you know, I used to work, used to teach up at a Muslim school, and I feel like every Egyptian parent that I met was a doctor. I was like, man, you guys are all doctors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the, just, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, like that, that, that's not uh, a, a huge influence on it. But uh, yeah, mainly it's just the idea that we have a vigilante who we don't, or you know, he's brought in as a villain or someone we don't want to like, but who is also doing good work for the people and doing, you know, something that is uncontestably positive for the community. It like it's it seems like you know, you've you you kind of introduced Hunter's Moon as like this villain, this adversary, but it sounds like you're kind of more moving him towards like the. Uh, Maybe eventually, and this will tie into one of Noel's questions, um, like the relu- the reluctant ally, or um, kind of like a uh, well, this this reference might be lost on everyone here, but kind of like the Goku and Vegeta situation where they start out as enemies and now they're kind of like uh, working towards a single goal. Um, Is that a Sailor Moon reference? I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Had to get that one in there, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Cause, I mean, the thing is, Hunter's Moon is not someone who's portrayed as an out-and-out villain. He is not more not in the moral right, certainly, as he's, you know, trying to murder Reese and, uh, you know, Teddy and Ben and Sharon, or Shannon, excuse me. But... You know, he's not there saying, like, I'm going to blow up a hospital or, like, I'm going to burn down the orphanage. What are you going to do, Moon Knight? Suck it. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see more of him and how his career, not career, excuse me, character develops uh, as the issues go on. Yeah, we've got some, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll find out where, you know, where he came from. Why is the Fist of Conchu? Why he thinks the way he does. Or why is he a Fist of Conchu, excuse me. Sounds like a spin-off miniseries in the development <laughs> already. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't it's know. It's good I, to hear he'll be coming back. That's nice. Yeah. Say, he came up so quickly for me. I'm so used to um, sort of the decompression of modern comics that personally I was like, I really like the fact that it was bam, bam, bam. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like I can, I know that you're kind of a punk rock fan. So it's, it's and Moon Knight's always, been, at least to me, I mean, I'm a, been a punk since i was like eight years old so it's like that's one of the things that draw drew me into the characters he's like more of like about something more you know fast and violent about the character and even in the writing styles my some of my favorite runs are more kind of quicker like that so that's part of the reason why i've been enjoying it so much is it just um comes and goes really quickly Mm. but i'm glad that you've got future plans for this dude because it's a cool character yeah and like that's that's kind of what we're trying to do um, you know, what, one of the reasons we set up this, this Midnight Mission situation is because I like this sort of procedural framework that you can use when needs be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, each each issue, it moves fast. There's a lot of momentum and, you know, a lot of action and excitement. So it is very punchy. You know, it's like, a, you know, a minute, 30 second hardcore song. Exactly. But, but at the same time, this sort of procedural single issue story I feel also plays into almost like a parable structure where, you know, when you're getting into religious characters or characters based in fringe religion is kind of an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Church mm-hmm. of Satan or something. Mm-hmm. Church, Church of Conscience, certainly 
brackets reform. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's certainly a lot to uh, to plunder with with Hunter's Moon as well. Um, uh, just little tidbits. I mean, Noel, you're saying how it, it, the quick fire introduction, uh, which we, we certainly get for the first three issues, but I um, mean, there are little things as well, Jed, like uh, Doctor Batter calls out Moon Knight as Mark Spector. You know, that was something else that we kind of picked up as well, like his identity, which kind of fluctuates between secret and just known to a lot of people in the Marvel Universe. Um, that was just an interesting idea, like whether, you know, these these fists of conchus have a, a dossier of, of, of information of each other and they know each other. So, um, yeah, very interesting to to kind of investigate and, as you say, uh, later on reveal a bit more of, of Hunter's Moon. I think that's um, that's great. Uh, also, as well, you mentioned Cherry, Shannon, and Reese. Now, like, these support, this support cast, this ensemble, um, very different from, of course, what I would have thought, like, a lot of other loonies that a lot of other fans would have been waiting for, like the likes of Frenchie and Jenna and Crawley. Um, surprisingly, Jed... I guess it's testament to your writing. Uh, no one's really called out, like no one's really called out on it and kind of had a whinge, if you know what I mean. No one's gone, oh, God, where is it? Where is it? Like, why doesn't he use Frenchie? I mean, so there's an, a level of interest, and in particular at this stage, Reese for sure. I mean, she's been fleshed out really well. Oh, um, so good. She's very cool. Um, I'd love to see her in action, like being a vampire. Um, <laughs> love to see her and and the others in action. Uh, but Soldier as well. I mean. Issue two, um, with a name like Soldier, I just remember thinking, like, we can't, you can't give this guy up, you know, just one issue. He's got, to, he's got to come back. <laughs> yeah, because we're kind of, you know, Moon Knight, or not Moon Knight, excuse me, Hunter's Moon comments on it. He says, you know, already his congregation grows, already his cult gains adherence, um, and it's kind of fun, you know, bring in the the neighborhood gang. You know, you got Reese, you got Terry, you got Soldier, uh, and then. You know, next issue we've got uh, Tigra showing up yes. or Tigra. Figure out <laughs> the Tigra, Tigra, but, Tigra. Which actually, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, there you go. There's the kid over here. Uh, you know, Tigra actually you know calls that out, and Mark, to Mark, he's like, you know, secret identity, please. This is a this is a guy who made a TV show about Moon Knight. His secret identity is an IMDb. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's, that's great. Right. Executive producer, Spectre. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's not a guy who's paid and, you know, really given a lot of serious work towards the secret identity, so. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought maybe that might have uh, led to something. But um, uh, but back to, I guess, that ensemble cast as well. Um of course, without giving too much away as well, or what you can, um, will we will we be seeing those um, those guys in action, or um, the likes of Reese and Soldier? Uh, yes, we're um, just trying to think of the best way to phrase this without getting into uh, <laughs> too much. Not maybe inside baseball, but secret baseball. Um, basically, yeah. Long story short, we will see them getting out and doing stuff but ultimately you know reese is not a superhero in training she's a student uh she's a vampire doesn't particularly like being a vampire given like, again you know she before this she was a vegan um mm-hmm. but yeah look we're we're gonna see these characters mixing up we're gonna see you know the sort of drama and the the adventures and the 
you know, the difficulties sweep them up into what's going to be happening going on, uh, especially in the next couple issues. Okay. Excellent. Oh, nice. Number five is going to be a big one. So, lovely. Scoop. Scoop. <laughs> number, number five is to find out who's been uh who's been messing with mark so oh so that's oh. Five, not in six okay i thought it was because uh we bang, read bang, the, bang. yeah we read the solicits and I, I thought yeah they mentioned that it may have been in, in six but cool i mean well speaking of the the big bad it's um, been it's difficult to write solicits yep without giving clues two months behind as to who this character might be mm-hmm. um but uh, so it's like always like Moon Knight's secret enemy. It's is here and has been for two issues, and you know who they are, but I can't say it in the solicit. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, 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 right. Um, but yeah, the big bad. I mean, hmm. this is another the big bad. Mm, I don't know what else to call him. Or oh, it's or or you know, um, a lot a lot of theories abound. Jed uh, again, um, I threw my hat in the ring there. Uh, I said, I said, arcade. I know, I know you said, um, you know, all you can say is that this this character is an established. Oh, there you go. Um, for the people with the video. Boy. <laughs> um, so when look, and I'm not going to put you in a, in a spot, but I'm just going to lay it out for the listeners. Um, so we know you you did mention, I guess, not an established Moon Knight villain, right? So we can we can strike that off. Yeah. So. It's- it's a Marvel character who has been around. It's not someone new that I made up, mm-hmm. and it's not a Moon Knight character. Yeah. Uh, mm. So uh, never been in a Moon Knight book that you know of. To the best of my knowledge, no. Right. I know there's a lot. So that that crosses off uh, Hobgoblin uh. for those who were saying <laughs> Hobgoblin. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, Demo so among the community, then who's who? Who are the front runners here? Like, who's got best odds? Well, you just you just knocked out a bunch of them because a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people were saying hobgoblin, and I saw a lot of people saying uh, black specter, which I would have loved, but I kind of like where this is going. So, uh, so where's hobgoblin coming from? Uh, well, you know, um, I guess hobgoblin had battled uh, Moon Knight in the past, and there was a random variant cover that had hobgoblin yeah, on it. So people, true. yep, interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe I'm throwing, uh, maybe I'm just throwing sand in my own trail. Who knows? But <laughs> I mean, we've got, I mean, also the clues as well, mainly from issue one. Got a big smiley face in the shadows. Um, there was a flash of the daily, uh, the daily bugle um, that I, I thought was on the wall that may may not lead to anything. Um, for me, there was the the, the reference to vermin. Um, vermin being used before and, and arcade actually, well, cause my, my pick was arcade was, um, he had to do with vermin in, in hunted, um, amazing Spider-Man yeah. and expenser. Um, but also the other front runners, Jed, uh, blackout, I think from ghost rider as well. And the other big one now, a lot of talk now of actually hunter's moon, not being actually a thing and being part of Mark, uh, being, part of Moon Knight and Moon Knight himself being his own enemy alluded to mm-hmm. at the beginning of uh, of issue three. Yeah. So those are the front runners. I had yeah. also said uh, the hood, oh, but yeah. the hood, the, the hood's been in a Moon Knight comic. So that throws him out. Um, it's the comedian from Watchmen, isn't it? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the Joker. <laughs> I mean, 
Honestly, Arcade is a pretty good guess. I do like Arcade a lot. Uh, <laughs> okay, so that's not okay. <laughs> oh, oh my god, okay. It is or not. It's, I mean, honestly, it's... I just, I just gotta... I will say it's... Go ahead, it's, sorry. I'm, uh, I would be surprised if someone guessed. Okay. It's someone who's, I think, probably kind of out of left field for a Moon Knight comic, but uh, that I also think that they're a great fit mm-hmm. as a foil for Moon Knight. So, okay. I, I've got a guess right now. It just came to me. You, you said, you know, that we had the smiling face uh, in the shadows. You said Arcade was kind of a close choice. I'm throwing my hat in the ring that it's Cletus. It's Cletus Cassidy. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> Jeez, <isn't> that? <laughs> That'll be uh, quite a. Quite a swing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just in time for Venom 2. I was going to say, it would also sound like a corporate mandate. Let's <laughs> <laughs> open the Venom office and be like, what, what the hell? <laughs> um, just finally, I mean, on that as well, I just want to throw out some love there to um, co-host, fellow high priest Rebecca. She did throw in the ring as well, Despair. I don't know if you know that character, Jed, um, all the way from the clone... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very obscure, uh, but you know that's a drop in the ocean. So uh, there you go, Rebecca. Despair, I think, was uh, in the, I think the earliest pitch for issue number one, where we're going through Mark and all his adventures between his therapy sessions and whatnot. Uh, one of the people he was going to fight was oh, Despair. But wow! Wow! All right, Rebecca. <laughs> Picked it. That's fine. People are really guessing my like turn down pitch ideas. Someone was in Death Watch Stream. Someone was like, "Oh, uh, I really hope the killer is Vincent Stevens." I'm like, by first draft, it was. I was like, obscure '90s Doctor Strange ephemera, Vincent Stevens. You gotta, you gotta add some curtains to those windows, Jed, when you're typing away. You know, <laughs> it just proves why you're the writer and these nerds aren't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I saw uh, your go. discarded idea. <laughs> it just, gonna... just shows that I have an editor and they don't. <laughs> yes, there you go. You've got someone like Tom. Yeah, gonna go, like... gonna go out on a limb and say it's not Doctor Doom. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a... I mean, it, they fought before. For old Vic, but uh, I mean, <laughs> they'd be slumming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, did you have something? Uh wanted to ask Jed well now that I know it's not Dr. Doom I don't care anymore see you in 10 years in the next Moon Knight series <laughs> <laughs> um, well Ray had brought up how some people thought yeah like Hunter's Moon was um, yeah like not real or something or part of another part of Mark or something like that but that lead me into a question about um, Mark's DID um and I know how you were he- sort of hesitant to at least discuss it sort of in the forefront um, early on in the issue. But you have, are you going to talk about it later? And have you been hesitant? Because it is kind of a touchy subject to talk about. And it's hard to, I mean, we have a, a listener and someone who's contributed before who is part of a DID system and has been going through some of the old comics, just kind of like rating it based on a comic book and then rating it based on tackling the subject of DID and, and been out most of the time being like, this is very wrong um, from yeah. the DID standpoint and the mental health standpoint. It's almost ridiculously wrong, but the story would be fun or whatever. And that's part of the reason why they got into it. But I'm just wondering, it's like, 
is that kind of a touchy subject with you or sort of in the, I don't know if you call it Moon Knight office, the Moon Knight closet, um, <laughs> to talk about those kind of things? Because, I mean, I know it is. Um, <laughs> so, sorry. I got Ross. <laughs> got him. <laughs> um, it is. I mean, it's it's a uh, the, the study of it is bec- becoming more and more sort of advanced as time goes on. And I feel like it would almost be hard to like you would have to take on a full PhD to keep up with what's happening with the, um, the study into to um, that disorder. So is it something that you're going to try to like work around, or were you sort of even told maybe to work around it? in a different way because i know other writers have tried to been i think it was ellis was kind of saying no you don't have did mm-hmm. you have brain damage which i thought was kind of a clever workaround and it, there's so much sort of like stigma upon stigma now with the classification yeah and i mean the thing is did i mean obviously did is something that is extremely complex and um as you mentioned something that the the research on is ever advancing and ever changing kind of what the definitions are for, you know, people who are outside of it and are, you know, don't understand and are trying to. Um, part of the reason we've been shying away from it in the series so far is one of the two directives when, you know, I got Moon Knight was we want to move away from the Conchu stuff and we want to move away from the DID stuff. And not move away as in like a race or rid of it, but move away from it as in not having it be the forefront of every story. Because, as you know, as Tom put it, when either of those things become the focus of the story, that's all it's that's all it's about. Um, and we've seen Moon Knight stories where his DID is the main focus. You know, like the the Bemis run uh, was very heavy on seeing Mark interact with um, you know his other identities. So we're we've been kind of you know putting that to the side for the moment. And another part of it is. DID is something that in comic books has been approached terribly. Uh, not you know not just in Moon Knight, but like just full stop. You know, mental yeah. illness in comic books has been approached terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we get to dealing with Mark and his DID, I want to make sure we're doing it basically on the best footing we can. Um, mm-hmm. I mentioned before on you know the last time I was on the podcast the the two rules I had for you know Americans the idea is that I don't want to treat mental illness as a superpower I don't want to treat mental illness as a joke because I think in in comic books mental illness is often portrayed as one or the other or sometimes both and I don't think that's a very good way to approach it and it's not something I want to do in a book that I'm working on well yeah I know some people had problems with um, Max Bemis's run because he sort of treated it like a joke, but, and I think, I don't know if this was the case or not, but it kind of felt like he had carte blanche because I know he, people know that he's, he's a old friend of mine. I've known him forever. Um, he suffers from some uh, mental illness himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if just some people thought maybe that was kind of a mistake. It's not like he has DID. He's got his own issues. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm not sure but it was response. almost made a joke out of say that again so i'm not sure what the, like the response was when those issues are coming out because i wasn't uh i just you know i wasn't paying attention at the time uh-huh. but as far like I mean, as far as my own approach to how we are and will approach mark's mental mental illness you know as did it is something we're kind of you know 
building up to or waiting to approach because we're just sort of focusing on the other parts of his life. Um, you know, the fact that the, the problems in his life are very rarely a result of his DID, the result of, you right. know, Mark's I, really, I loved that sort of take mm-hmm. on it that yeah. you had before. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, if anything, you know, Jake Lockley and Stephen Grant are generally more functional than Mark Spector is in, mm-hmm. uh, in day-to-day life. Well, that's what the person with the, um, in our group with who was part of the DID system had been like, when you, there was a line, um, was yeah, it issue three issue that three. said, um, yeah. yeah, you know, that like Mark had said, I don't, I don't, I may have done this. I don't know. And they were kind of like, well, this sounds kind of like the, you know, the, the evil alter trope or whatever. And we kind of all chimed in and said, I don't really think that's where Jed is going with it. Um, because no. first it just sounds like it would be too easy and too corny of a thing to do. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'm anything by when I say that. That's not actually the case. There is right. a real person um, who is gunning for Mark. It's this is not going to be a situation where mm. yep. Mark has you know a new altar that is the Evil. the big right good. It's that's that's kind of old old you know hat at this point. Yeah, and great. So that's what I thought too. That would, I was like that would be kind of a hacky answer to it, and Jetta's. A lot of things, but I don't feel like he's a hack. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Not that hacky. At least. Yeah, I'll date my hackery, but I mean, I do write comic books for a living, so. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> but no, yeah, that's right. I mean, I, because I, um, I thought like in issue one, you really did draw that line in the sand, Jed, as well, about saying that, you know, um, with that conversation with Mr. Knight and Dr. Sturman on the, on the bench in the park, that, you know, uh, the DIDs, uh, it's, it's much more than that. I can't remember the term. Um, is it, is about when the a deity touches, touches you like the brain. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the, that, the wording of that issue three, uh, yeah, we, just conversations in our group and especially, um, you know, speaking with, uh, one of our members, uh, yeah. Cause one of the, the, the risks uh, is st- stigmatizing, um, DID yeah. with, you know, an evil altar. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and. Like like I said, his his daddy is kind of like the least of his problems mm. in that mm-hmm. yeah. you know I did. Um, there's there's a lot of exciting Moon Knight stuff coming up. Uh, I think in March, so it should be solicited soon. But awesome. there's, a, there's a you know a bit did a, I wrote a, a very sort of you know ugly violent story for Mark coming up. Yes, <laughs> of, it's kind of dealing with the his sort of mental fragility, but not in a DID sense, but in the sense that he'll, will go back to old patterns of behavior. Cause I mean, you know, Mark Spector in the past, uh-huh. not great. Yeah. His uh, anger issues. <laughs> well, his anger issues, the fact that he was, you know, he went from the Marines to the CIA to just like a freelance war criminal mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, the, the, his old dog days are always in danger of coming back to haunt him. And, you know, we'll kind of see, see that effect on him as we go through there. Very cool. Yeah. But but yeah, and as far as the DID stuff, I am also kind of just waiting for the right moment to put it in. Mm. Um, because I think it's something that can be very useful in a story, but you just have to be very delicate in how to approach it and when to use it and when to bring it in. I mean, we are, you know, we're talking about fictional characters and the, the 
the things that make these fictional characters up are brought in for dramatic effect or for story effect and you know to keep things interesting it's just a matter of juggling that with you know being sensitive to people who are suffering from mental illness um and trying to do it in a way excuse me that is you know feels real feels lived it doesn't feel sensationalistic mm-hmm. yeah no that that's true mm-hmm. um fair enough uh russell before we get into i guess uh, jed to um we do have a, a lot, and thank you so much, Loonies, for, for sending in some feedback. But, Russell, I know you, you've got a, a fair few um, uh, questions towards Jed that you'd like to, to ask. Yeah, I'll try to get these out as quick as possible. Um, One, two, three, four, go. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, we've established that you kind of want to shy away from uh, uh, older Moon Knight villains. Uh, you kind of want to create new ones, maybe some other villains from across the Marvel universe, but do you have a favorite old school Moon Knight villain? Uh, and also since uh, we know that you're quite familiar with uh, the Taskmaster, uh, any chance of a rematch there? Well, that would be great. Russell's just trying to get you to say Black Spectre. So just say Black Spectre. <laughs> I, as I said before, I'm pretty sure Mark murdered the Black Spectre on television, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that does that doesn't mean anything in comic books, Jed. <laughs> did he do it twice? He did it twice. <laughs> he did it. Well, he survived the first fall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he'll come back as the left ball of consumer. <laughs> but actually, I have been. I think recently I just turned in one, which I don't think is a big spoiler because this is something that will be in the solicits. But uh, I did a, a stained glass Scarlet story. Oh yes, stained glass. Awesome. Stained glass Scarlet is a character that. I kind of love and hate in that I think she's really interesting. Like I really loved her first two appearances in the Moon Knight proper series. And then just that, then later in Mark Spector Moon Knight, when she was in that five part interminable uh, Crimson Redemption or whatever it was called. I was yeah. like, why is this five issues long? This is driving me crazy. <laughs> JMD Matthias. Yeah. yeah. Which, yep. you know, no, no shade. It just was not my thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got to think, like, oh, how can I, I think this character is really interesting. I think she's an interesting foil for Moon Knight. What can I do with her? So I can't, you know, I've got, we've got a new, kind of a new take on Sting Glass Scarlet coming out. Um, hopefully. It's really people, exciting. Uh, yeah. I, I think it will perhaps upset some people. And not by upset, not because it's horribly offensive, but it's just, it's, um, you know, a it's, a, it's a very different kind of stained Glass Scarlet story. Okay. So, I'm uh, I'm just I'm just thinking. Thank God you didn't say Bushman because I'm sick of Bushman. But uh, uh, but the thing is, I think everybody's sick of Bushman. Yeah. Uh, I think in my when Tom sent me the what he was looking for for a, a Moon Knight series, I think in brackets he said, "I don't think anyone ever wants to see Raul Bushman." Fair <laughs> 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 enough. Yeah. Oh, he's got plenty of rogues anyway, so there's there's a lot to choose yeah. from. Um, and that's as, actually really. Really exciting oh, though. Stained Glass Scarlet as in what was the nineteen ninety nine was her last appearance? Mm. Yeah. Resurrection War. A long time. Yeah. yeah. Whatever the the miniseries with the um Yeah, Resurrection War. With all the villains, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um well and about about Taskmaster, uh, any chance uh <laughs> Yeah, I won't rule it out. Okay. I would be very surprised if he would run into Moon Knight of his own volition, though. So that would be an interesting. 
<laughs> uh, needle to thread, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, now this this is my big question. I guess I'll end with this one. Um, I know you can't really say much about where the story is going, but uh, you know, with the introduction of vampires and how pivotal they are, uh, is there a chance we're going to see that meme rivalry <laughs> of uh, Moon Knight and Dracula come to uh, the page and? Would uh, you be interested in writing a Tomb of Dracula relaunch? I mean, people have asked me a lot. They're like, oh, are we going to see Dracula? Is he going to say, you know, he's going to say the line where, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I, you know, if I did that, I guarantee you people would not like it. (laughs) Uh, You people what they want or what they think they want. Mm-hmm. And then, then they turn on you. Um, that's it. I you do like to give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there was a while I was kept putting him in things. Uh, I was going to make. <laughs> I was writing the Spider Verse series a few years ago. I think my first, my first stab at the villain was like Dracula, but with the Venom symbiote from a different universe. Oh like, my just- god! Nice. <laughs> 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 I was like, why do you keep putting Dracula in everything? I'm like Dracula rules. <laughs> Yeah, Dracula rules. That should be a T-shirt. Yes, please. Yeah, actually, I, I, you know, I've got, I have kind of like a back pocket pitch kicking around from years ago for uh, like a Tomb of Dracula. Ooh. But uh, it's it's also you know something that came up a few years ago, so it is probably not very good. Well, yeah, Dracula's been popping up a lot recently in Marvel again. I mean, Jason Aaron used him in the Avengers and. Um, Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you'll, you'll see him in Death of Doctor Strange Blade. Oh, yeah, nice. Now, I do kind of, I'm kind of upset that they've went with this kind of like warlord Dracula. I kind of miss, uh, just give me the old Bill Lugosi cape and tuxedo Dracula. But Well, uh, the current Dracula is not the, not like the Blood Knight Dracula anymore, right? He's just like, he's, he's old Bill Lugosi Dracula, if I'm oh, mistaken. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm since then, but last I saw him in Avengers, he was just like really kind of decrepit, almost almost like Gary. At the the first time we see him in uh, Bram the, Stokers, Bram Stokers, yeah, yeah. I think the last thing I saw him in was he cameoed in uh, King in Black, and he still looked like he was like the warlord Dracula oh, to me. Okay. But um, anyway, that's that's all I got. Unless you want to, unless you want to uh, pick between Hobgoblin and Green Goblin, just for my own benefit here. I mean, I like Hobgoblin's suit better. Yeah, <laughs> I like, yeah, yeah. I like a hobby yeah. as well. He's good. I think uh, you know the that orange and kind of teal turquoise color scheme pops. I love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, Jed. Um, to to round out just this chat as well. Uh, again, thank you so much uh, for for joining. We've got a little bit of a Q&A here. A lot of Looney, uh, Looney listeners have and, and Moon Knight fans have written in. So this is our Q&A. going to call it um, the Moon uh, the moon Boon. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Gospel According to Jed. Uh, so, you tried, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to shoot these off at you, Jed, okay? Um, and look, if, if we've covered it, because I'm going to be like in the zone, 
just go sure. just go bam covered and, and we'll we'll move on um just quick quick fire responses uh okay so uh the first one from keith bunker from inside the bunker podcast what are your favorite moon Knight runs prior to him currently uh to to you currently writing the series um i mean my favorite moon Knight run is always going to be the what, 2014 one the one declan drew uh, uh yeah yeah that's what cool. really kind of brought me into the character mm-hmm. uh, i think it's probably has the most influence on you know my run as or i'm sorry our run i'm not doing all this myself uh our run as it goes but also uh the original run the, the you know the very first one it's got such those are exactly my two favorite as well yeah it's just i like, I like the 2014 one a lot because it builds a, a structure and a mood for moon Knight that i think really works mm-hmm. but also like the one because it's touches much more on sort of Mark's humanity, whereas, you know, our Moon Knight that we see in that series is largely a cipher. We don't really know anything about him. He's just there brutalizing people in, in you know, awesome ways. So that's kind of what we're, what we're doing is trying to take, take what I think are some of the best parts of both and kind of jam them together. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. And there's nothing better than brutalizing in awesome ways. Um, next, we have <laughs> a two-pronged question from Kyle Carr, a Petruni, a uh, and a fellow loony. Joke question: When can we expect Hunter's Moon to be revealed as a werewolf? <laughs> uh, think. Uh, well, I mean, thing is, that costume does not look cheap. So, <laughs> you, you, you all the time, you know, it's not something you want to do. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and his actual question: uh, What's your uh, what's your approach to plotting out a series? Do you have an end game you're working towards, or are you more interested in keeping to one storyline at a time? Um, with a series like this, the idea basically when I first started it, I plotted five issues because. Because, you know, if I'm pitching something and I know other people are also pitching it, you need to strike the balance between showing that you have a lot of good ideas, but also not spending all your time doing this when you make it you nothing. Um, so a lot of it was just, it came down to sort of tone, to feel for, you know, this the, kind of the, the big ideas. Um, as this as it progressed, I figured out, you know, who who the baddies are. Um and again, this was coming in a series of episodes. So I would try to have discrete ideas coming in for each episode, you know, something exciting and, and different and new every month. Excuse me. But now I know, you know, I know the end game of this arc. I know how it's going to end. And generally the challenge is finding you know, discrete stories is this kind of episodic procedural sort of thing to put in each issue, but we'll also providing, you know, hints or um, not, not necessarily hints, but, you know, fodder or substance for the larger arc as it goes forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, <clears throat> also, we've got, I think we've answered this anyway, um, but I want to shout out J.A. Cunningham and Daniel Coy, both uh, asking similar things. Basically, can we expect um, any rogues galleries, uh, any of Mark's rogues um, from his gallery? Um, you mentioned Stained Glass Scullet for that one, so um, that's pretty straightforward. Thank you, J.A. and Daniel. Um, Hasil Escoto says, are there any future plans to bring Chainsaw back for a whole run? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark's Chainsaw? Yeah, I think so. 
Um, yeah, from so, the Mark Spector. Yeah. Um, it, it's the thing is, it's very difficult to use a glider cape where you're carrying a chainsaw. It's a bit cumbersome. <laughs> Yeah. Once he gets the king worked out of that, then the sky's the limit. <laughs> please, please tell me that was a an Evil Dead reference. Oh, it, it could have all been. I hope so. I mean, pretty much any any use of a chainsaw is either going to be Texas Chainsaw or Evil Dead. Or you evil know? Dead. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, props to Ash. Love him. Uh, Mario <laughs> Di Giacomo. Uh, so he gives three questions. Uh, one, do you have any plans of addressing Moon Knight has a daughter um, from the Bemis run? Uh, it's it is, it's not something that we're you know pretending never happened. So uh, this will you know it'll be brought up. Okay. Actually Great. next. Week, oh wow. Okay. Mm. Cool. Um, that makes sense. Just talking with Tigra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, you gotta spend your five bucks. You gotta find out. Man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, Mario's second question. Um, so, do you see Conchu as an ordinary Egyptian god like Seth or Horus? Uh, or something else. So is he kind of like an established, do you see him as an established deity or God in the Marvel universe? Um, It's honestly, it's not something the specifics of which I've really worked out because I don't know how important it is to, for us in this book. Um, Because there's kind of been a lot of frigging around with, who the Egyptian gods are in the Marvel universe and how they work. Mm-hmm. You know, are are they aliens in a, a spaceship or are they, uh, you know, ancient um, embodiments? Because I mean, we see we see Khonshu going back to prehistory. You know, there's the caveman Moon Knight or caveman Fist of Khonshu with the crystal in Avengers. Um, I just, I don't think it's something I'm particularly interested in nailing down because I don't think it's particularly useful for our story. Did that uh, kind of bum you out when Jason Aaron and sort of cemented him as like a real thing? Yeah. I mean, it took it, away it, the ambiguity. Yeah. It, I mean, it kind of was what it was. Uh, right. When it was but did done. it bum you out? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't particularly care. <laughs> I, I generally try not to let things in comics bother me. That's, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's very smart. That's like, uh, Alpha Flight stopping being a Canadian thing and being a space thing. I was like, you check our bombs. We have one team. Um, you know, just but yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it didn't, didn't particularly bother me. Uh, it just it just told me what the status quo was moving into this book. Okay. So for our purposes, what's important is that you know Conchu is there. Conchu has power, <clears throat> and Conchu. Is not super reliable, uh, as always. Or is, yeah, exactly. Is is not perhaps someone you want to be taking advice from all the time. Mm-hmm. And we'll see more of that as we go along here. Excellent. Yeah, I just imagine mythology and Marvel universe is just like I don't even know where to start because there's like four different versions of hell in this place. <laughs> like, yeah, it's more than that. I think. I remember yeah. I was talking to Ed about it when he was doing Ghost Rider. And he was basically like, I think at the back of the first issue, they have like basically a dictionary of hells in the Marvel universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Mario's third question, I think we've covered. Uh, he says, have you been attempted to reference that gag panel in the comic proper? Uh, talking about um, uh, talking about vampires, Dracula. Dracula. Yep. 
so there you go. Thank you, Mario. Uh, Daniel Coy, he's, he's returned with a few other questions. Uh, now, would you like Jed, or do you have plans for Moon Knight to team up with, oh, I don't know, Black Cat or a dead Doctor Strange? <laughs> Actually, uh, Moon Knight will appear in Death of Doctor Strange Spider-Man, which Ooh. has Black and uh, it's a Death of Doctor Strange book. So you go, bingo, bango. Awesome. That's a big <laughs> bingo, scoop bingo. there. Loonies, um, everyone's going to be putting that on their pull list now <laughs> for sure. Like, uh, you, not you, know, you know, he's not co-starring. He appears in it. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's good enough. <laughs> you know, I was tempted at one point to say that uh, the big bad was uh, Dormammu. But uh, oh. I figured that doesn't quite fit. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think is that his head is on fire. So there's no, by definition, there's no such thing as a dark room when he's around. <laughs> no, exactly. But he did use the hood as a herald at one point. So I was just kind of connecting the dots there. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Daniel continues as well and asks, would you be interested in writing a live action Moon Knight? episode i guess if you're given the opportunity i mean sure i don't think it's something that's going to happen but <laughs> yeah is that have you done script writing is that diff, so much different from comic book writing i'm not too sure i don't know yeah i did uh, i wrote an issue or an issue uh, i wrote an episode of uh, ninja turtles a few oh, years back oh wow the the computer animated one yeah the, not the oh one, that that's uh, amazing yeah my that's friend cool. my friend sheldon who he was, you know, we kind of we came into comics together. He was an artist. Well, he remains an artist. And, uh, you know, we were working together. And, you know, he's how I got into working for Marvel because they hired him to do a story and he didn't know what he wanted to do. So he brought me in to write it. Mm. Anyways, he was doing storyboards for uh, Ninja Turtles and um, put my name to the, the showrunner and they got me to write an episode. And, uh, yeah, like it was interesting. It was. Turned out it was the last episode to ever air of that series, so uh, wow! Uh, I may have killed it. <laughs> <laughs> are Are you a Turtles uh, fan? Yeah, yeah, I've got. Yeah. Uh... Oh, it's in arm's reach. Ooh. Oh, oh hell yeah! Sit. I got. Yeah, I got these right, right there. Yeah. <laughs> these guys right love Turtles. <laughs> old, old black and white kind of phone book. Oh yeah! yeah. Oh yeah! Those are actually some of the last comics. Like I kind of bought as a kid uh yeah. before before i was turned off to comics for a long time it was the original turtles yeah i kept finding these in like used uh, used bookstore in the town i went to high school in so mm-hmm. i was like that's great because it was just cause, I, mean, I, you know, I was born in 83 so uh most of the digital stuff i would be into growing up was you know was the cartoon stuff and you know yep. the, the cartoon and to you know lock in that old black and white stuff it's just it was such a, a game changer yeah, mm. yeah. It's and so that, funny that, for me because I was about ten when that stuff started coming out. So, any but most of my friends are younger than I am, so they're always like Ninja Turtles. Isn't that that you know the cartoon? I'm like, you don't. I just have to hand them any <laughs> issue of the first Mirage stuff, and they're like, oh shit, this yeah. is actually pretty cool. Yeah, well, that that uh, that first live action movie is still pretty close to the Mirage comics. So, well, it's, <laughs> the bandanas are different colors though. So fuck it, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Until until they had the Daredevil TV show, like that '90s Turtles movie was basically the best Daredevil movie that was out. Totally. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So it's like that at that like gnarly, like real rotten apple in New York. Just like yeah, particularly probably zeroed in. 
you know, you know, these you know, gangs of dirtbag kids working for a ninja organization. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Totally. It's awesome. Um, Daredevil versus the Shredder. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Uh, just this one's not a question. It seems to be a, a request um, or a demand. <laughs> Muhammad Malik says, can you write Sentry, please? Um, so I don't know your thoughts on Sentry. Like him. I mean, he's dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah my uh my, my pal noel ripped him in half spoilers uh but and uh, the thunderbolts carried him around for a while and that uh king of black thunderbolts that uh math and Juan did mm-hmm. uh, well that kind of goes into you talking about not wanting to do evil altars doesn't it because uh that's what the century's all about well yeah it's a good point that's all yeah, that's uh, that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Sam Wiley says, uh, I would love to know more about your relationship with the other creatives on the book, uh, Alessandro Capuccio and, and Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, you're working so well together so far. I'd love to hear your perspective on working with them. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, by definition, it's a, a long-distance relationship. You know, Alessandro lives in Italy. Michelle lives in the States. I live in Canada, you know, Maritime Canada. Um, it's, you know, it's a great working relationship. But working with Alessandro has been great because, you know, he's he's a young guy. He's really hungry. This is his first Marvel book, as far as I know. And he's just, you know, going at it. And it's mm-hmm. it's great to see. And, you know, you can see him improving in real time because, you know, he's you know cranking out 20 pages a month and you do anything – over and over again, you're going to just see yourself improve and improve and improve. And you know, he's been he's been a huge I don't want to say surprise, but like it's just been a real kind of revelation seeing his seeing his work. You know, coming from layouts, then into inks, and then you know once Rochelle gets the colors in, and it's just been such a good looking book in a way that I hadn't quite anticipated. Because you know, when I when I was writing the first scripts, I didn't know who was on art. So, a lot of writing a script is imagining this in your head and how it's going to look and how it's going to work, and then putting it down on paper so that someone else can try to figure out what you were thinking. Yeah, and uh, actually draw the thing. You actually do the work, the hard part. Um, so yeah, it's it's and you know, Austin is super positive. He's super energetic. You know, anytime that I'm like, well, maybe we need to move this thing or change this character, or do this thing. Uh, like, uh, you know, issue two, when uh, they've got, you know, soldier on the table and I was like, oh, he's got these, you know, tattoos or whatever. And, you know, turns it in and the, it's all like tribal tattoos. Like, no, no, I, I should have specified it's like, you know, blacked out kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, great. No problem. And then just like turns it around in like an hour. Wow. Is he working digitally? What's that? Is he working digitally then? Yeah, make those yeah. fast changes. Cool. Uh, which I mean, I think is part of why he's able to you know work so quickly and so reliably, and you know being able to make those changes on the fly is uh, is really useful. But I mean, honestly, as each issue goes by, I have fewer and fewer notes. We're just really kind of getting in, uh, getting in lockstep with one another and uh, making it you know making it work. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that synergy is good. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, I think I don't know if I brought it up last time or not. But I brought it up before, where uh, when I was when I wrote the script and sent it off, I didn't know what costume he was going to be wearing. I assumed 
Uh, Moon Knight, not Alessandro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume just be like, you know, the classic white costume. And, you know, Alessandro is like, no, I, I want to use Declan's costume. I was like, okay. In my head, I'm like, almost nobody can draw that costume except Declan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's, he's done well, hasn't he? Like, yeah, that's well, great. It's, it's fantastic. And, you know, he's got that that look to the costume that really harkens back to the, you know, his first appearances when he's, when it's not necessarily a white costume, but they describe him as a silver and jet. Yep. And it's so it's kind of gleaming, gleaming, yeah. you know, so even the blacks kind of shine with white and like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's great. And, and Rochelle, Rochelle just, just does her thing, you know, she, the, oh, she gets fantastic. the pages. Oh, my God. She's basically, and then she sends all 20 pages in. She's like, it's done. Yeah. And we're like, mm, there's not much to say. This yeah. looks amazing. I was, uh, issue three, I was just wowed at her colors. Like, yeah. you know, I was compelled to just, yeah, to just, like, put something up on Instagram and, like, just, like, fawn over. Like, because it was just, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. I really did love it. Yeah. It's, she's, basically, between the two of them, there's something I'm really, you know, really happy with and, you know, can take no credit for since I didn't have nothing to do with it. <laughs> But there's just a real kind of identity to this book. There's a real look to it that I think is something that a book like Moon Knight needs. I think Moon Knight is a character who is so distinct looking and his world is so very much of his own territory that, you know, Moon Knight book really needs to have its own visual identity, its own visual vocabulary in a way that I I think other books maybe don't, I'm going to say don't rely on, but maybe don't require as much. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, just a few more Jed as well. So I, I just don't want to encroach on your time. That's all. Um, yeah. uh, so we've got another one here from uh, Russell. Will be familiar with this gentleman, Justin the Owl Osgood. Oh, and, that bastard! <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin's a co-host with Russell, and Justin writes, uh, writes in, "Hello, Jed, and please keep up the great work with the new series." Two questions and apologies if they they are repeats. Okay, so which this is maybe which uh, Moon Knight comics from the past did you enjoy reading the most in preparation for this new series? Not only from the viewpoint of a comic reader and fan, but also as a writer. Was that? Would you say that would be the Ellis run as well, or was there something? Another round. Uh, yeah, it's about the same, but also in reading, in reading all this, you know, Moon Knight stuff, is that <clears throat> I don't think that there's a Moon Knight run where there's nothing interesting that can be taken from it. Um, I know fans uh, can feel quite strongly about one run or another, not just in Moon Knight, for you know, whatever sort of property you get, but I think there's interesting stuff to be drawn from, from pretty much every run where, you know, people are very keen on you know, the unrestrained brutality of, you know, the Houston run. Um, uh, and I think that there's, it's something that I'm not necessarily drawing from that run, but I think that's a very important part of the character's history mm-hmm. in that that's, that's what a lot of people on the street know about Moon Knight is that he is, just an absolutely, you know, ruthless person to deal with when may that, you know, it may or may not be true anymore, but that's a reputation that hangs around him for that. You know, it has hung around him for a long time. You know, the, the amount of times, you know, and I've, I've done it myself because it's useful shorthand where people talk about him cutting off someone's face. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you know, that's, 
that's his Hank Pym slapping his wife moment mm-hmm. where it's always going to be something horrible that he's done. And I, I don't necessarily think the character needs to get over it, but it's just an easy bit of shorthand to kind of hang your hat on by saying, this is how the world, this is how the superhero community, the supervillain community sees Moon Knight because of the things that he's done in the past. Mm, yeah, it certainly was a redefining um, run by Houston 2006. We always, there's always been talk about that being the, the, the heralding in the modern era for Moon Knight. Um, and, and, and some people consider it like the defining run of Moon Knight yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, myself, I mean, but... But if you look at, again, as you said, Jed, if you look at the rich history of Moon Knight, I mean, that's only yeah. one part of it. It's only uh, 30-odd issues compared to the 350-odd issues out there of Moon Knight. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, but, you know, if you love it, that's that's great. Uh, Justin, this, uh, this, just real quick, Ray, I'm sorry. Um, I just wanted to say this might be kind of out of left field, but I feel like, Jed, your, uh, your voice for Moon Knight, to me, compared to, you know, the previous incarnations and writers we've gotten over the years, the closest to me is, like, Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Mm. Because um, it's kind of Vengeance of the Moon Knight was his redemption arc after, you know, Mm -hmm. cutting faces off and all that. And your run kind of feels like not necessarily a redemption, but him trying to uh, atone for his God's sins in a lot of ways. So it's it's kind of a similar vibe. Yeah, I mean, in our in our story, we're looking at Mark. He is definitely looking for a change, but it's less redemption, more sort of a reorientation. Mm-hmm. He's trying to figure out, you know, who he is without this force in his life, Conchu, that has been usually his ally, often, excuse me, at times an antagonist. And um, yeah, just trying to figure out who he is as a person or as a superhero. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, and despite the fact that he's rejected Conchu, he's still the fist of Conchu. He still wears Moon Knight costume. He isn't, you know, he's not, he didn't take up, you know, the, the Nomad costume or something, you know? <laughs> Those discs are just ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Chest one, you know, the head yeah, Exactly. Um, speaking of one-offs, um, <laughs> which um, Justin also says in his second question, uh, which minor supporting character or, or a one-off villain from Moon Knight's past uh, do you feel could be dusted off and given a new and fresh interpretation today? So, um, I don't know, plumbing the depths of, of the Moon Knight characters out there. Well, we know um, we've got stained glass carpet. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think that he's got a lot of great characters to draw from. Um, someone, I'm, someone I'm always entertained by is uh, Detective Flint, who mm-hmm. yeah. yep. seems he's you know, drawn wildly different. It's also really funny to me that uh, Mark fucking around got him fired. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like that one panel at the end of that issue where he's just like cleaning out his desk. He's like, "Man, this is what I get. Yeah. This is like get for trusting night, not to like cut this dude's hand off or whatever he did to that guy." Yeah, poor bastard. Um, uh, Russell, you <laughs> had something. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not sure how this one got in here, Jed, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn it, Justin wants to know what your thoughts on the Bi Beast are. On the the Bi Beast? <laughs> the, the Thor thing has got like two two faces. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good for them, I guess. <laughs> Random. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, he's going to love that. He's going to love that. Uh, oh, we we have a, a running gag on our show about the Bi Beast. Um, so yeah. just threw that one in there for Justin. <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram, uh, Jed, one from Rafael Santos, who's a great artist actually as well. We've been featuring his artwork uh, on Moon Knight. He's going through all the costumes of Moon Knight um, every week. Oh, from those. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah, he's, I think he's from Brazil. Uh, really really nice chap. Uh, any chance of an... Uh, uh, oh, any chances for an eclipsed or blood moon night? I I, <laughs> I think he is referring to... Dark night? What are you talking about? Oh. Some, sort of, some sort of shadow night, perhaps? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but no, thank you, thank you, Raphael. I, I don't know, Jed, if you have any... <laughs> I will say that Hunter's Moon was probably the hardest character in the world to name. Like, right, I was yeah. just hanging my head against a wall trying to figure out what the hell I was going to call that guy. Waxing gibbous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, but I had all kinds of things. I think I was, I was like looking at the like features of the moon. I was like, I was like, should I like name him after like Olympus Mons or something? Oh, wait, that's Mars. Um, <laughs> name him after a mountain on the moon or something. It was just driving me crazy. Sid Barrett could have been a Pink Floyd reference. Yeah, but I, I feel like uh, legal would have difficulties with that. Just spell it S I D. Could have called him Full Moon Knight. Oh, yeah, so I've basically anything that was even vaguely moon related um, has gone through my head at some point to name that guy. And I said all the Hunter's Moon, which it's perhaps some of the most elegant of names, but I do like it. That's pretty cool. It cool. It's got, yeah, Hunter's Moon. Yeah. Um, Blood Moon, Moon Knight was about to be called Blood Moon um, back in the day as well. Uh, so thank God they changed it to Moon Knight. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, also from a Spectral Crescent Comics, it's from Instagram. I think we've covered this. What were your inspirations for how you decided to portray Moon Knight in this series? Yep. Any particular Moon Knight writers or artists in the past that you drew? So I think we've, we've, uh, we've covered that before. Like, for me... I think, you know, Declan Shalvey is always going to be kind of modern Moon Knight artist. You know, his his kind of reimagining of the character and the world, I think, is something that has such an impact now that I don't, you know, it's it's going to be, it's, he's, you know, really made his mark on that character. Because, I mean, you know, from him, we got, you know, the Mr. Knight look, which is, it's immediately iconic. Um, yeah, I that said... You know, we're coming for you, Daclan. We're coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Still waiting for the uh, the Mr. Knight uh, Legends figure myself. Uh, that I'm waiting up. for him to admit Please. that he ripped off Steve Ditko with the design. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it looks a lot like Mr. A, we've got to admit. It, it really does. And I'm a, I'm a big question fan, so. <laughs> a little trolby, though. Hmm? He doesn't have like, a little trolby. That's true. He should. <laughs> Should write that in, hey, Mister Ajo. Uh, Not like it's a good character, but right. it's a cool design. <laughs> that that makes me uh, that makes me want to ask Jed. Uh, you sh- would you be interested in writing the question? Oh yeah, I love the question. The question is my favorite DC character. Oh, oh wow! Hell nice. yeah! Nice. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, he's got oh arms reaching. Oh, oh, he it. wouldn't be the first Moon Knight alum to write the question. If so, uh, so, so, so that's sorry. true. 
Sorry, Looney's um those that have do have video, um Jed was just showing his uh his collection just behind him there. Um just a couple more here, Jed. I'll I've left a good one uh for last. Uh from Instagram, just a couple here. Uh combined one, I guess, from SK Metal and Mate Mine Moon Knight. They're basically asking, uh are we can we expect to see Jake, Stephen or Mark pop up in the series? I uh, yes, eventually. Yeah. Ah, nice one. Because I think at the moment, three issues they've only been they've been the profile um, photo shots. Yeah, yeah. Open reference, but we've not. Yeah, uh, have we has, have we been seeing Mark? I like his face. No, just like is it Mark behind the mask right now? Uh, I mean, don't know. Do you want to tell you? No, <laughs> no I don't. No. <laughs> I don't want. That. I, I, it's, it's not a huge. It's not a huge thing, but I mean, we'll we'll. I mean, we'll kind of get into a next issue anyway. I feel like I'm a lot of times I'm saying we're doing this next issue, but uh, <laughs> it's a bumper it's issue. Comic book, so. yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually been it's actually been Marlene under there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, it's French. It's Frenchy. Oh, awesome. <laughs> oh, he's more than capable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the toilet. <laughs> it's, it's actually yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. I mean, was that? It's actually Crawley under the mask. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> that's my that's my we favorite have, uh, old school side character. Karen tea bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, just from our Facebook Messenger. Now this is Lena. So Lena's part of the DID system. Uh, one of the few uh, loonies that do have DID um, uh, in our community. And Lena writes, and again, I think we have covered this. Um, Jed, do you have any plan to delve deeper into the DID aspect in the future issues? Um, I, I think you said you you probably put a pin on it for the moment, and yeah, I mean it's it's like I said, something that I want to approach as we get further in. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. It's ultimately it's ultimately it's not something I necessarily want to use as the axis of an entire arc or something like that, but it is something I want to. It is something I think that um, you know we want to address because you know it is. Um, it's something that is a big part of the character and is something that is a big part of what we know of the character or how people know about the character. I mean, Lena also as well, they're putting up their hand. Uh, if, you, if you'd if you like to chat with someone who has DID uh, and learn more about it, uh, Lena is more than happy to, yeah, yeah. Very, very uh, fantastic. Lena's been great. We've been doing uh, uh, a segment called Understanding DID um, just to dispel a lot of myths and stuff and, and understand it a bit more just rather than just a um, casual knowledge of it. So Lane has been great in that. She's been, um, they've been writing articles um, for us. So that's really good. All on the website that you can check out as well. Uh, that about covers it, Jed. Uh, thank you so much for for coming on and, and uh, you know, putting up with this rabble here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you've been very kind. Thank you. It's uh, it's great to great talk about compost. Great talk about Moon Knight. Yeah, excellent. Um, any last any last words, guys? Uh, no, uh, just plug some stuff, Jen. Yeah, what else is coming absolutely. out besides Moon Knight? Yeah, lots coming out uh, next week. We got Magic Number Seven. It's uh, a big deal issue. Uh, we want me to try to make them all big deal issues, but uh, that's coming out. You know, next month we've got you know Moon Knight Number Four. Tigers come back, a little West Coast Avengers reunion. I uh, got Death of Doctor Strange number two. Yes. Where awesome. uh, things get worse for everybody. Um, what else do I got? There's no Black Cat next month. That's not till November. Um, yeah, it's we got some, a lot of exciting stuff coming down the pipe. Um, we're going to see Moon Knight, a, you know, 
a little more than we're used to seeing him, so that will be good. Um, in November, we've got Death of Doctor Strange Spider-Man, where Moon Knight will be making an appearance, uh, which features, you know, Spider-Man and Black Hat. So there you go, this year, Spider-Man, or your Black Hat, um, you, know, uh, cro- you know, crossing paths mm-hmm. that you asked for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, what's going on? Fantastic. Well, yeah. Ooh, awesome. Keep a track of that as well. Russell, anything? Any last words? Um, who's your favorite Dracula? I go for Oldman. Yes, I like I like old Gary Oldman Dracula with the the yeah. the punzi yeah. hairdo. I love it. I was I was hoping you'd say Leslie Nielsen, oh. but um... no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, that. Uh... I love that. I love Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's dope. Excellent. Yeah. That's that's all I've got. That's all I've got. No worries. Well, Jed, thank you once again so much for your time and uh, and Looney listeners. Just keep on reading Jed's fantastic run so far with Alessandro Capuccio and Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, keep yeah. out selling Batman. <laughs> Please. That uh, that would be a, you know that'd be a real fun trend to keep going. So why don't we all uh, why don't we all do that Let, well, let's try as hard as we can uh loonies to to keep on ordering get your pre-orders in uh keep moon Knight in the you know in the whatever <laughs> of um of, of, <laughs> pop, of pop culture yeah yeah um, oh, oh, let's, let's keep going to second printings exactly yeah second third, third printings yeah <laughs> thank you so much jed oh, no problem thank you hello i'm alan i'm rebecca and if you're listening to this, then we recommend that you check out our podcast, the DCAU Podcast, where we watch the original DC animated movies, starting from Batman Mask of Phantasm and continuing on to Justice League, Dark, Apocalypse War, and beyond. And we will cover such heroes as Batman, Superman, The Batman, Wonder Woman, Victorian steampunk Batman The Flash Batman Beyond Green Lantern Old Man Batman Martian Manhunter And plenty more versions of Batman Lots and lots and lots of Batman You can find the DCAU podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or anywhere else that you can get podcasts by looking up the DCAU podcast and subscribe today. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. And on the other side of that break, you heard our chat with Jed McKay. A big thank you to Jed, of course, uh, and big thanks to, to Noel and to Russell for uh jumping in as well and uh, for joining the chat uh, it was really it was really fun uh apologies there may be some references to visual uh, gags uh, um, which is available on our video uh, for patronies uh, patreon members uh, but hopefully that didn't disrupt too much uh, too much but amazing stuff i mean wow we we got some scoops there from jed um we we got a confirmation of an upcoming scar a stained glass scarlet 
appearance. We have a Moon Knight appearance in the Death of Doctor Strange Spider-Man issue. And we learned stuff about Jed as well. Like, um, so I thought it was just amazing to hear, um, yeah, about his his script writing for the Ninja Turtles of all things. Anyway, Linnies, I um, let's wrap up this show. I mean, you've heard the bulk of it, but there is, oh well, there are some bits of feedback that I'd just like to shout out um, before we go. Uh, these are for previous episodes. Uh, so for our nightlines for YouTube. Uh, from YouTube in response to our episode 238, which was our uh, our review of Moon Knight uh, issue three by Jed McKay and, and Capuccio and Rosenberg, two-fisted. Uh, Sister Mercy writes in and he gives us, we did chat a bit about potential West Coast Avengers on the small screen or big screen uh, in the MCU. And Sister Mercy writes, West Coast Avengers, you can have Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, Vision, Moon Knight, War Machine, a US Agent, and Hank Pym. I'd be so down for this. Realistically, they would introduce a new character for a new show, so I'd probably swipe out Pym for Tigra. And uh, I, I probably would too, as well. Um, big fan of Tigra. And yeah, thank you, Sister Mercy. My gosh, yeah, it does show that we can get a West Coast Avengers team with the characters that have already been established. So um, <laughs> thanks for that, for sure. Uh, also, on the same uh, episode, about the same episode, uh, CMK7, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, writes in and says, Terrific soup to nuts review of this solid new issue. What do you wager Hunter's Moon eventually comes to Mark's aid or teams up with him against the looming villain in the shadows? Also, I really like Jed's addition of those holding the Fist of Conchu mantle um, are able to channel abilities and skills of previous fists. Even though Mark stated he was unaware of this ability, what do you think the odds that Mark unconsciously channeled this ability in the past? That's a very interesting point. Uh, it would certainly explain Mark being able to best sword masters at their own game or utilize complicated and exotic weapons. Uh, three section staff with mastery level skill. Uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you for those comments. And yeah, I mean, we did chat about that with Jed uh, in our chat, which you've heard <laughs> just just uh, gone by then. Uh, yeah, very interesting. I, I like that headcanon, Chris, I think. I think that certainly works well to the past. I mean, we've always had this like blanket statement that he's the master of weapons. I mean, if you look at the handbook of Marvel Universe, it's something like he's proficient in, he's a master of all martial arts, stuff like some ridiculous level. Um, but you could go well and and explain that by saying the core, the chorus of ordination, has something to do with it. So I like the way you think, Chris. Thank you so much for all that. Um, those were the the, the two. Uh, bits of feedback I just want to include in into this show. Uh, so once again, thank you so much for listening, Loonies. Uh, next phase, episode 242, uh, we'll be doing a... Look, it's, it's a waxing crescent in the sky, but we'll be doing a waning crescent. I, I posted something up, had words with Konshu. He, he's okay with it. So we're doing a Lunapic Classic book review, and it's on the Punisher Annual, number two, which features Moon Knight. That's actually the first team-up between the Punisher and Moon Knight. So that should be a cracker, and that's with Justin the Owl. Osgood. So I can't wait to unpack that with, with Justin. Um, yeah, and so, Loonies, that pretty much covers it. Uh, I mean... As always, with Patreon, patreon.com slash ITK Moon Knight, 
please check that out for all the incentives. Um, I'm, I'm releasing bonus episodes each month, uh, plus you get video content, uh, you get raw um, material. So there's actually a lot of stuff that, for instance, Jed and Noel and Russell and I, um, and I we just we chatted about off-air, which makes its way onto the tape. You can listen in on that. Uh, those sorts of incentives you can get at Patreon, so please check it out if you can. Uh, also, again... Dreamland Comics, the superhero superstore. If you use the code Moon, you'll get twenty percent off their online store. Uh, and Fringe Night by Daniel Doing. If you check out his Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/FringeNight27, uh, you can support his creation of Fringe Night, uh, releasing comic books, uh, writing stories. Uh, it, it's really great. He's um, he's got a great series happening there. And finally, with Drew Tombs, Tombs on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash/Tombs or Lurk Music with a CK. That's lurkmusic.bandcamp.com. You can support Drew's music there. Uh, and uh, Drew has... There's a bundle you can get at Bandcamp for a, a discounted price. You can get his discography. It's really great. I really highly recommend it. I just immerse myself in those haunting soundscapes. Um, and finally, we're part of the collective. Uh, you can listen to like-minded shows. They're really cool. Not only Marvel, but DC as well. Character-based or just straight-out geek-based. Uh, so the likes of the DC AU, DC Animated Universe podcast, or the likes of Sons of the Dragon and Immortal Iron Fist podcast. Uh, there's a heap of shows there. We've got links in the show notes for that. Um, please, 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 please keep writing into us. I love hearing from you. Love chatting a moon night with everyone. So feedback at itkmoonnight.com. Uh, we've got a website, itkmoonnight.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal, and Podchaser. And incidentally, Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. If you can leave a review, that would be really really nice of you uh it will just help us get out there a bit more help build the the loony army and hopefully you know we'll be strong and we get to storm some land and claim that land as our own anyway before i start rambling on and going on for another half hour for no reason at all i'm gonna cut it there so as always loonies take care thank you for listening and as always may conchie watch over the denizens of the night catch you later and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.